Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, stories of inspiring and thriving with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light out of the dark to rise from the ashes, to find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven. Welcome, Unbreakable Spirit listeners, to episode number 30. Today, I have an awesome guest. Her name is Debbie Cruz, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about Debbie. Well, Debbie was dream crushed by corporate America, but she listened to this voice within herself that said, leave this place and start writing. I want to welcome Debbie Cruz. Hi, Debbie. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So Debbie is the published author of Soul Meets Body, Precious and Fragile Things and Live to Tell. Her fourth novel, Date with Kate, is in process. All her novels are about following your heart. And in addition to her novels, she has an inspirational blog. She's also a certified dream manager coach, which I didn't even know there was such a thing. And she's also a business consultant. She is a survivor of crushed dreams and an expert in dream rescue. And if your dream is a long buried seed or a squashed bud, she's here to help you replant it, nurture it, and bring it to full bloom. So again, welcome, Debbie. I can't wait to hear about you and your story and your books and all this great stuff and how how you recovered from a crushed dream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I, I had plenty of crushed dreams mostly in my career and learning that, you know, I was not fulfilling my purpose and knowing that I was every level up that I I took in my career, I was told that was the dream, you know, to just keep climbing that ladder. And I'm like, I, I don't really know whose dream this is, but apparently I've been told that this is my dream and it was definitely not my dream. It was just ugly. I finally got to a C-level job, which, you know, I was like, to me, there was not much higher than, you know, working. Right. In, yeah, because you were you were COO of a hospital. It's a pretty yeah, big job, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I was, in, I was standing in an interim position and it was, it was ugly. It was just not what I came for. There was a, a horrible situation going on and, you know, trying to kind of put band-aids on, learn what's going on. You know, I was not loved so much because there was confusion about why isn't the old COO here anymore or people that wanted the old COO to go. And so I came to a place of, it was miserable. I, I didn't like the decisions that I had to make. I was trying to make decisions that were right for the hospital, that were right for the people that were in it. And all the options that I was allowed to make were not, I didn't feel were always the right, the right decisions. And that wasn't just there. I felt that 
there were so many corporate borderlines, you know, in all of my jobs of making the right choices and decisions and just not feeling good of when so, there's always somebody above you. You think you, if you're at the mm-hmm. top, there isn't someone above, there is always somebody above you that is dictating what your answer should be and just didn't feel right about lots of choices and decisions that I, I was making. So I'm in the C-level job and it wasn't going to be permanent anyway. And I just couldn't wait to get out. And I knew that if I had stayed, that something was going to be the end of me, meaning like physically or stress. Yeah. The stress was going to eat me or I was going to have a heart attack and, you know, just die, you know, (laughs) just be done there. You know, I felt like something detrimental was coming to me and I'm like, I can't stay here because although it it felt like a, a physical death, I really needed to shed this ugliness that was that was becoming me. And I didn't, I couldn't look in the mirror. I couldn't Mm. recognize that person. I just did not like what I was doing. And it just, so so you were being forced really to make decisions that didn't resonate with who you really were. And then you had to implement them. Yeah. It wasn't as if I was like, this is a great idea. I'd be like, this is not a good idea. They're like, well, that's too bad. You know, yeah, do it anyway. <laughs> this, is what we're doing. this is what we're doing anyway. So you felt like I'm supposed to be the decision maker and I, and I am not allowed to make the decision and we're not making the right choice here. And I found that, that that's what corporate America was. It was like, you, you think that you have this power to make the right choices and there's always somebody telling you no and no explanation and it just was ugly and and so that you do when you get to those places in one company you're like well I'm gonna I gotta get out of here so you leave and you go to the next one you go to the next one you're trying Mm -hmm. to level up every time and I'm like this isn't it was like a trap every single place and you know I am proud of work that I did that was focused on taking care of what was right for the employees and what was right for the business in the in the ways that I could. And I did take my talents of I could see a person and know that this basically the corporate system was going to fail them, knowing that they're in a they're in the wrong job, but they need that check. And mm-hmm. you know, they're going to fail because we're not giving them the right tools. And I'm like, but this person's skill set is better over here, or this person is just not given what they need to be successful and be able to take those that channel what I could do for people and put them in the right places and Mm -hmm. put them into better situations and not have to watch them lose their job because they're in the wrong place. You know, they're doing a job because they need money and to support their family. And I just wanted to see people thrive. So I tried to always take away the good from the bad. And once I was at that place of this is eating me and I'm not going to go running to another bad situation because I've learned that lesson at this point. Mm -hmm. I just asked, I was like, God, you got to help me out. (laughs) You got to tell me what to do. And I did hear a distinct voice that said, leave, leave this job and go start writing. And it felt right. And everybody in the my world thought I was crazy because yeah. you were leaving this big like, job, right? It was a big job and 
probably good money and to just be like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Like what's wrong with you? But yeah, my people in my life were, you know, like, that's crazy. Like dollar signs should make you happy. Like a fancy title should make you happy and think more money, more problems. You realize how to, you have things that you don't need and that doesn't mm-hmm. give you happiness and you could buy more things that doesn't buy you happiness. And I didn't care about the money. I just cared about me being my true self and being healthy. I wanted to see past the next few months and know that I had a future and that there was a plan for me. So I I left, I did, I did half listen, you know, I, I did, um, listen to leaving and I was told to write and and I was like, sure. Yeah. I'm not a writer. So I'm going to go and do some consulting work Mm -hmm. and that's where the answer is going to be. And then all these projects that I had lined up for when I left that job did not line up. And, and it was like a closed door. It was like the craziest, the reasons why it just didn't happen. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm, why this isn't working out. And then the message again was, I told you just to write. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I should just do that. Maybe yeah, it's like I the universe is like, no, you're not listening. So we're just going to shut all those doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm actually kind of in that space now of the, you always are, are freaking out of I'm a writer. That means I'm I'm basically not living the dream of making lots of money because mm-hmm. it's not always the best, greatest money uh, maker. But, you know, I was told to write and I know that there's better, there's, there's a reason for me, a better reason for me to be writing. And is those people that read your book and they reach out to you and just tell you how it inspired them or how it got them through that hard period And those are the, that's the importance. That's where the fruit and that's where the abundance comes from is really being able to touch hearts. Mm -hmm. So again, you freak out of like, well, yeah, I have a mortgage and I I need to worry about that. Got bills to pay, bills to pay. Bills to pay. So, you know, I go back into, okay, so I should do some consulting work. And and then again, the closed doors. So you you tried it again. You you were trying again. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of just realizing that for the past few projects that I've worked at, were about to work on didn't work out and it's mm-hmm. like, well, you should be writing. You should be writing. You should be writing. So, uh here I am. I'm am working on my writing and I you know, I feel like speaking is about also getting your word out. So I I feel like the writing got me to be speaking. So mm-hmm. that's working working out and I just love to write inspirational stories that help people find what their true purpose is, what their heart is telling them. And I I believe that most people look at it as a dream. Like my dream is to have this fancy job. My dream is to have a happy family. My dream is to live in this nice house. You know, everybody has a different dream. Everybody has a purpose. And I found mine through writing without even thinking anything that I was a writer at all. And so that, you know, when, once I really stick to doing my writing, there's always 
something that comes through that is, helps me pay my bills and helps me pay my mortgage and feel a little bit more secure. But when I start chasing the other stuff, everything kind of closes. So well, probably because you're, you're, you go into a bit of fear, right? You get into that yeah. fear of, oh, I'm, I don't have enough money. And I, so you stop trusting yourself. You stop trusting the message. Yeah. Yes. That's a hundred percent truth of you live in the freak out and it's, it's the people around you too that freak out and you know, <laughs> yeah. I dream, dream stealers. Shall we call them that? <laughs> I tell, call them dream crushers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just had one the other day of explaining to a friend, you know, everything that I'm doing for promoting, you know, who I am and, and my, my program and my writing and helping people. And she's just like, well, that's a lot of work. And there's not, you know, it, it, you're not, you're not doing, you're not getting the money that you need to get. So you should just go and get a real job. And it's <laughs> a real job. Oh, I hate those real words. Also, oh, I don't have a real job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this God. doesn't count. <laughs> this doesn't count. Right. You know, I learned to laugh through those because you've been working on your dream if you believe it or not, your whole life. So you're at a phase of I'm in it. I've been in a long time. I've already gone through all those pitfalls. I've gone through those days of having negative dollars in my bank account and being terrified out of my mind and staying in that trust, which is the hardest part of, I don't know how the next bills are going to come in. I don't know if I'm going to be put on the street and my mortgage company is going to come and say goodbye to me. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm terrified because you know what you, you know what you, that scares you, but you look at the worst case scenarios. Of, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I better find my spot where I'm going to put my tent up. And you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah it, it's scary. And you really think you're going to go from where you are to zero in a heartbeat. And it can happen, sure. But, you know, I do have there's securities along the way of like, it's not like all or nothing or black and white. Yeah. There's yes. And I, 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 I seem to put all, all my cards on, on red, you know, like all my, <laughs> put my coins on red, turn black. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> we go through those mind games and we let the mind game win because we could see that vision very fast. But once you turn it around and say, I'm on a mission. This is my sole mission. I feel strong and confident about it. I believe in myself. Those doors start to open. So yes, I didn't have great sales on the books that have printed, but I've, I've touched hearts and that was the goal of those books. Mm -hmm. Do I want to take that a step further? I absolutely want that, take that a step further. And I'm focused on writing and helping people at the same time. And then all of a sudden, you get a call from a, a big agent or a publishing company that's like, we're interested in you and we mm -hmm. want to work with you. So it's like taking, you don't know that that call is coming, but when you get that call, it's like, oh my gosh. All it right, all makes now sense. Can, yeah. Now it's starting to come together and, you know, being able to write books and then be able to have a program that can take it that much further and to work with, with clients and help them be the best version of themselves and have it all be full circle. So those hard moments are hard. And I, I do teach people how to get through that. So yes, I do like to laugh when somebody 
says to me, like, go get a real job, then they have, haven't gone through your cloud of dust. And no one's going to be as invested in your dream as you are. But they haven't, they've spent five minutes on your dream. You've spent where you are in your life on your dream. And there's always something that's going to get in your way. And the bigger the obstacles and the more upsetting of the obstacle it is, you have to remind yourself there's something really, really, really big for me, waiting for me behind that wall. Mm -hmm. And all I have to do is to tell that wall to go away, to knock it down. And, And some people like to really mentally see themselves knocking that wall down and just know that the bigger the obstacle is the bigger the dream uh, is behind it and it's yeah. bigger than you would manage imagine so the more i i find like when you're that close you get a lot of people coming to you with that conversation of you're wasting your time like go get a new job you, you know another nasty letter from your mortgage company all those things we get caught in you know, we get caught in, you're right. Like, forget it. This is stupid. What was I thinking? How, I can't believe I've been doing this. And we, we, we go in in a new path and and do something that we think is going to be the bandaid and and is going to fix it. But all we're doing is making other people fulfill like, well, I told you so. (laughs) Instead of being like, you know what? No, I'm going to laugh at you because you're, you don't, you don't see the energies that are there. You're caught where I was at ground zero of that wall of that dust in front of my dream, but I've knocked down those walls. You haven't gone there yet. So they don't mean to be negative to you. That's just the energy that they see is the mask in front of, of what your dream is and you getting there. That's all they see. So it's once you, you can laugh at it because that dust is just dust and it goes away. If you feed it, it gets bigger. But mm-hmm. if you you push it away and, and, and say, no, my positivity, my dream is right behind that. And I am not stopping until I get there. It doesn't know what else to do other than to run away because they, it can't fight that. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you overcome that, that fear and break down that wall because that's very real when you're talking about your survival about being able to pay your bills that can really put you in that fearful place yeah it's it's not an overnight process it's not um something that is super easy and and i fall into the traps just as much as anybody else but i know how to recognize them and get myself Mm -hmm. out faster Mm -hmm. and i do know how to better be better at navigating them but we all we're human and it is a repetition and you, you fall into it. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. I, what I've learned and what I do and, and what I've proven that works is really being able to identify what is your truth and identify what is truth and what is not truth. So we get all these crazy thoughts in our heads, right? Our mind gives us about 90,000 thoughts, but we only retain, I think it's something like 20,000. Mm-hmm. So we're always in a, rete- a repetition loop and we get can get stuck into that negativity until we add new thoughts to it. So when that the voices come to you, understand how the tone is so when it's the frantic oh my god we have to do this we can't pay our bills in the mortgage oh my god you're in my mortgage and where's the tension because we got to go pitch it and find our yeah. spot in the, <laughs> the spinners are rain. packing <laughs> packing the suitcase yeah. what are we gonna do oh my god you, you, that voice is not your truth that voice is just your anxiety 
trying to distract you and it's it, it only knows what it knows so it knows like i'm scared and i don't know how to handle it so i'm just going to talk really really fast so once you recognize like all right go through your little spiel okay you done good because you can leave you can leave i thank you for looking out but you're i'm done with you you can leave and it, it takes a lot of time to get rid of that so we want to rid of that because we want to fill ourselves with positive thoughts so once you you're grounded and you you work on that repetitive of getting rid of that negative anxiety you can now listen to the voice that is calm and collected and it is your heart speaking to you of we need to keep writing but how about we write some articles that we get paid for how about we do some ghost writing how about we help people do a, a little seminar for people these are still writing and these are ways that are going to help fill that void of being able to pay your bills. That voice will come through and it's like, okay. And it's calm and collected and confident of what you're supposed to be doing. And it does take a lot of time to weed through all the ugly voices, but it'll feel good. If that anxiety and that craziness is, is making you crazy, that can't, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. But we're so afraid that we run and jump and, and do it. Go run and get the, you know, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. It's like, oh my gosh, oh, I better do it. Cause I just want to shut that voice off. Mm -hmm. But what about proving that voice wrong? Tell that voice, I'm sorry, but I don't agree with you. Why don't we have that conversation with ourselves? That can't be right because that's not my truth. That doesn't feel good inside of me. And that takes time and training. And, you know, I believe in prayer and meditation and being in meditation really can help you breathe through those anxiety moments because anxiety doesn't know how to live in that space. Yeah. So it, it can't, you, once you put yourself in that strong meditative state, you're only inside of what is true to you mm -hmm. and you, it is a, a way of ridding. And there's deep meditations and then there's the fast, quick meditations to get you through and really understanding breathing and how that can help get you through a moment and what you, kind of breathing you need and being able to say mantras to yourself of, mm -hmm. of who you are and what you are about sounds a little like crazy and maybe it sounds like a lot of work, but it becomes second nature after time. Yes. And, and can you talk for a moment because I, I'm a meditation teacher as well and oh. I'm a big fan of meditation and how it's worked in my life. But what I hear from so many people is I can't meditate because I have too many thoughts, too many thoughts, and I can't make my thoughts stop. How do you answer them when that comes up? Because I'm sure it does. Yeah. I mean, that's normal is, you know, I mean, how many times do I start and I'm already going through my grocery list and <laughs> you know, <laughs> talking, being mad at somebody for no reason. And, and it's like, it's a rec recognizing that it's happening and you have to sort of tell yourself, okay, let's let this ride away. Let's, let's table this, let's put this somewhere else and let's concentrate on what we're here. And I think concentrating on your breath is- That's very helpful. Very helpful because you don't realize 
you have to be fully in it to, to be concentrating on how you're breathing. And I always used to calm my brain by doing very busy work. So I, I worked in restaurants for a long time. And I found when I was working restaurants in college, I would be so busy that I wouldn't be able to think about the things that worried me or mm-hmm. upset me or that were on my mind because I had to be in the moment and to be busy. So I can't work in a restaurant all the time because that's not what I do anymore. <laughs> that was what I did in college. And so I helped out from time to time when things were bad. But why don't I find that way to calm my brain? And I learned that I didn't really understand meditation. I couldn't get into it because my mind was crazy. But then I learned about breath work and I learned so many different aspects of breath work. And that to me helped get me into a meditative state because you have to be full in and you have to be paying attention to the breath and you have to pull your whole body together to make it happen. And to concentrate on it is to count it and, and to know when to exhale and when to inhale and be paying attention. And then all of a sudden you're in it and you're like, I can't think of anything else because I got to, I got to stay in this. You got to breathe. Then when, yeah. And then once you're breathing and you become into that phase of, okay, my body's taking over and just doing it regularly now, then your mind can be open and you can focus on what your, your meditation points are for that point, that time. And I think that that can help you really work through fear. It really helped me learn how to identify what my fear physically looks like mm-hmm. and how to give it away and wish it well. And sometimes you have to go back to that meditation and it could, it will look different and it should look different. And how many times after the meditation, I went back, I went back to my old ways, you know, and it was like, I miss it because I've had it for so long. I miss it. What we're used to. Yeah. The habits. Yeah. The habit of it and really letting that go and seeing it as literally a little tiny cute animal that was just holding on for dear life. And I, you know, being able to speak to it and say, why are you here? Like, what, what is it? And learning that it was just as scared as I was. And if this little animal said back to me, I only know you, that's all I know. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid that you're going to let me go. Oh, and now I'm like, well, now we're best friends. And like, I want you to stick her, but I'm like, no, you have to go and handing it off and watching it go and, and be with friends and, and be okay. Yeah. I was taught that by a, a business coach that I had when we were talking about fear and she shared that with me in a very similar way. And it really helped me when I was dealing with fear. She'd be like, welcome it in. Hello. Thanks for showing up. You have a lot to teach me. Sit down. We'll talk about it. But then goodbye. We're done. I got the message. I'll look out for whatever it was that you wanted to bring to my attention, but I've got this so you can move on. It's like there is a lesson in it, but then really looking at it like you were saying, and is this real? Is this, do I really have to be worried about this? Or what are you bringing to my attention? Okay, I've got that. So I don't need you to keep freaking me out. <laughs> here, yeah, you know? yeah it, it's just, it, it, fear is afraid of fear. You know, it's afraid of being let go. 
And, you know, once you are like, realize you're just being distracted, it's just mm-hmm. a distraction to keep it around, mm-hmm. but it, it's served its time. Yeah. And if you didn't have the fear, you wouldn't, you wouldn't appreciate all the goodness that's behind it, you know, and all the beautiful things that are behind it and the abundance and joy behind it. So I think you a little bit need to have that moment of a fear to, to see that there's something good behind it and that it it is just not, not, doesn't need to exist. It just doesn't. Yeah. So. Well, and I love what you were saying about the breath work, because I think I hear from so many people, I can't, I just can't meditate because I have too many thoughts. And I just say, like you were saying, well, that's normal. And we can't get rid of all of our thoughts. They are there. But what we can do is come back to the, like for you, it was coming back to the breath. Come, Just come back when you kind of, it's almost like you wake up and go, oh my God, I've been sitting here thinking about all these other things. Okay. I'm going to go back to the breath. I'm going to go back to what I need to be in that moment, a meditation technique that I learned was a mantra meditation, which was just some words that really don't mean anything in English, a mantra, and just repeating that internally over and over and over again. And then when you find yourself kind of drifting off somewhere and go, oh, recognizing I'm having a million thoughts, come back to the mantra, come back to the mantra. And that there's these little moments of silence in between the thoughts. And that's that's where the magic is that's where the that inner still sweet voice is inside those little bits of silence and that the more you meditate the longer you dip into that silence that where the magic is where your voice is your real true authentic voice is so it's worth doing it's definitely worth doing yeah it is a process to really learn how to breathe and stick with it and what I learned when I was learning meditation was those uncomfortable, like, oh, I have a cramp, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can look through that. You can look right. through it. Oh, my hand I'm went numb. I'm getting twitchy. No, I'm getting twitchy. <laughs> can't yeah, sit here. Yeah. And how, you know, monks, how they, how they would do it for hours and then go for these massive hikes and, you know, they, all that numbness and it's another form of distraction to, to pick up and and stay with it and just be like, it's okay. Like it's, it's all right to, to have that and, and just work through it. And, and though doing that, I think was learning that was hard. And I still think I struggle with it a bit, the more it's a practice. So the more you do it, (laughs) the more comfortable you become in it. That's very true. Yeah. And I think too, you can start, you don't have to start huge. You can start small and then you can build on it. Like, Oh, I'm going to do this for 10 minutes a day. Then I can build up to 20 minutes and take it from there. So, so you're a dream coach. So you've written your books, but now you actually work with people and teach them this, this stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. So I, I, again, I didn't go out to be a writer. I, I never really had that dream. I've been told a few times I should write. And I, again, I was like, no, that's, I don't know why you would say that, but I really didn't see how much it was helping people on that. There was a consistent theme of following your heart. And I really wanted to find that purpose and where, what I should do next with it, because I knew that there was more to it. I knew that there there's another, there's more parts of it. So was it continue to write or people wanted to hear me? So I was being asked to speak 
And I realized that people were thriving on that because they wanted to see how they can get through fears. They wanted to see that they did have something that they always wanted to be fulfilled by. And I really started to take notice of what that could be. And I was helping people with their career and realizing that once they had so many other things going on, and I feel like career is is a great place to start because if you're not happy with what you're doing, chances are other aspects of your life are not happy either. And then the next two themes that are pretty popular are, well, I don't have money for my dreams or I'm not in great health. There's no way I can go on that trip or uh, join that sports team. Or, you know, there was always a something that mm-hmm. was in their way that was pretty reoccurring. So money seemed to be a big thing. Then it was health. And then it, it always also comes to relationship. I'm not in a good relationship. I have one client that her and her husband are always talking about divorce. And, you know, they've separated a little, a few times and they, they come back together. And then it's always, well, I'm always relates back to her job and well, my job is this, and I'm struggling with my job, but when the relationship is good, the job is good. Mm. And when the job isn't going well, the relationship's not going well. So you always see that there's a correlation to something and then her health starts going. And then there's all these aspects that I see that are all related. So I'm working with all these people on their careers and I'm working with companies to help them appreciate their employees. And it's all kind of comes together of, I was really good at this in my jobs of recognizing who what what people's true potential was. And they weren't doing good at their job because they were in the wrong place. Right. You were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, corporate only gives you so many walls that you can, you can break down to stay in their, you know, little bubble. But if I'm doing this on my own, I don't have a bubble. You know, yeah. the world is my bubble. So I, you know, I, I would, I still love to do it for companies, but at the same time, there's no reason why you should wait for your company to give you value of yourself. And I, you know, I found that I, in under four years, I had put people over 550 people that I could account, account for, and I was able to put them in their next level and mm. whatever that was their next level job. It wasn't oh, I'm a supervisor, so now I'm going to be the manager. It's, that's not necessarily it. You know, and you, when you go back and see what else has flourished for them, well, oh my gosh, I, I'm in great health. You know, I, I, I'm, I don't have to take all these pills anymore. I feel really good. I, I walk to work instead of taking a cab. I, you know, my relationship with my spouse is, is working out really well. And we fought, you know, we got through some barriers and it's better than I expected. And you see how, when people are living in their true potential of who they are, that they flourish. And I, I feel like it's all full circle of, I write stories that are these crazy journeys that people are on. And it's like, oh, I can't believe that happened to her. I can't believe this is going on. And why did he do that? And this poor guy, how is he stuck there? And, you know, they were they're relatable, mm-hmm. but they're all, you know, come to a place of, you know, they, once, once they followed their heart, how things changed. You yeah. Know? And, and so I just love that I'm able to take what my writing is, 
talk about it and be able to help people as well find their their silver lining, their dream on their heart. So the stories that you write, they're all based on true stories of people that you actually know or work with? Well, they're all fiction novels. Um, so okay. there, you have to drag, you have to find stuff from somewhere. So yeah. what I try to do is take every character. I try to look at it as, as three people that I, that I feel are relatable to that, to that character. Mm-hmm. So you know, be able to take some of their stories because they fit that character and sort of mesh them all three of these people's lives stories together so that it's not, you know, people are not like, that happened to me. And I don't know. <laughs> are you writing about me? Is, yeah, yeah. If there is something that I'm like, this might strike a strike a chord with you, you know, um, I just want you to be aware and explain like, the three people and and how it, you know, it turns out and let them, let them read it. I haven't had anybody be upset, upset with me um, or her. And it's funny how, you know, there's one character where three people and I'm like, not one of them has recognized any of it. I mean, maybe they just didn't read it either, but you know, none of them have felt or saw that it had something to do relatable to them. So I feel like doing that as characters and stories really, really help make it true as true fiction mm-hmm. as possible. But you have to, you have to draw from some experience. Sure. Well, so. yeah, that made sense to me. I was like, yeah, that's people's stories. Yeah. yeah. So what of your books, what, what's your favorite book? My favorite book spirit? is, yeah, Soul Meets Body. Because I, I really, I didn't go out to write that book. I, I knew I needed to do more writing. And I was just in a place where I was a victim of everything, right? So, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. And this happened to me. And, you know, everything was everybody else's fault, mm-hmm. not my fault. Yeah. And I was in a place where I was agitated with myself and people were agitated with me. And I, I needed to figure it out. And somebody in my life that, are we going to be a relationship? Are we not going to be a relationship? You know, in that constant conversation. And he just turned to me and said, you know, you really see things only your way. You don't see my way. And maybe you should start to look at it. And I was uh, like, thinking okay. of all the relationships. Yeah, that didn't work out. My relationships with family, relationships with friends. I was thinking of all of those. And I'm like, you're a hundred percent right. And and I just started writing from a completely different point of view. And I let that point of view to drive the story of seeing it from somebody else's eyes. And I again tried to think of three people of who that would be. And it's still worked out of about following your heart and how this main character how his heart really fixed every situation you know Uh. how how there was uh, like situations where the main character was always misunderstood and there wasn't you know it's like I'm telling the truth like how do you not believe me like oh my god that's not what happened you know it's all of those that I always feel that it's like, I, you know, why am I in this situation? Like, why can I get my word across? Like, why don't you see what I see? You know, those kinds of things. So to see it through 
a character go through it and how it all comes to fruition. I think it turned out really nice and, and it, it did really, it was really driven by following your heart and how that really comes through. And I didn't go into writing the book about following your heart. That is what really came through. So I feel really good about it. And I, I'm very happy with how that came out. And I, I still feel like it's like my, my, we, you know, when people say I don't have a favorite child and they, they usually really do. And <laughs> that would be my favorite child. So <laughs> I think you're allowed <laughs> with your books, not with kids. <laughs> and, and what is a date with Kate going to be about? Cause that's your, when you're working on now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I went into writing the book with poor intentions and I admit that. And I had to... <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it's important part of, of the story. There was somebody that was in my life that the kind and, oh, he's so great and he's perfect. And, oh, that's the, you know, it's your fault why that relationship didn't work out because, you know, he's he was, so he kind. was so great. Yeah. <laughs> so great. And it was like. <laughs> He wasn't that great. He wasn't that good of a person. And I, I wanted to be like, I'm going to show everybody how he's not a good person. Uh, okay. And so one of the characters was going to be this evil person. So I was following somebody on social media that I, I just loved her like free spirit you know, silly jokes and just sort of like, I don't feel like living here anymore. I'm just going to move. And so I made a character that had that like free flowing and she's always from city to city and, you know, meet somebody, but there was somebody that she's, she was heartbroken from and by, and then there's the relationship that's like, are we ever going to work out? Are we not going to work out? And then there's the relationships that you're like, I'm just not interested in you. And, and all of a sudden she's, tied up in a trunk somewhere she doesn't know how she got there oh boy and it's, it's a it's a who did who's done it uh-huh. kind of thing and how all these guys find each other in search of trying to find where she is because now she's gone missing and you know it's on the news like this woman's gone m- missing where could she be where should she be and how they all work together to find her and then she's found, and then there's lots of unanswered questions of, but what about this? But what about this? And, you know, well, which one of us are you going to choose? And things that happened that you didn't see coming. And so I realized I was writing it with a poor intention. And it took the book in a direction that was not necessary. So there's a point of the book where I need to now take it into a new direction that would not, even though nobody has any idea who, who this character will be or, or those little things. But for me, I know, and mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't right. And it doesn't, it didn't feel right. So I want to make sure that that is changed and turned yeah. around and not reflection of some of those characteristics that are very blatantly would be him and, you know, <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not necessary. And I didn't, if I was asked by God to be writing, I, he didn't ask me to use it as a vendetta to hurt people. And I don't, uh, so I uh, turning it around and changing some of what the characters are 
so that it won't it, it'll take that aspect out and yeah. uh, the story will go in a different well of course not in a different direction but just take out some of those that other yeah. that was directly about that one person uh-huh. and then then it took away from my rule of make every person three people it would just be a directly that person and the ugly things that that he had done well, it sounds so, like it, you needed to get it out and it, maybe it was kind of a healing yeah. for you and then it's like okay I got it all out now I gotta clean it up <laughs> right exactly yes yes I need to clean it up but I think it's a, like a who did it kind of it sounds kind fun of, I think I want to read it yeah, <laughs> it I, yeah I actually took one piece and I had her do it as a short story for I didn't have to do it. It was just an opportunity that I had for a short story to be published that ended up not being published. But so I do have, I have sent it out to a few people to read it just to see if they, they were like, you got to keep writing this book. So, uh, okay. so I, I'm happy to send it to you if you would like. And any Oh of yeah, I would love to. Yeah, that great. sounds awesome. So <laughs> Debbie, uh, if people uh, want to connect with you or reach out to you, work with you. I don't know what you have available, but share with us what's the best way for people to work with you or connect with you. I can give you a a link to, you could share to um, book an appointment with me and, you know, just talk about where you are, your journey and anything I can help you to get you to your dreams. You can also do the same on my website to read more about me. It's debbycruz.com, D-E-B-B-Y-K-R-U-S-E.com. And you can learn more about, about me and my programs, my books, my blog through my website, or to also book an appointment to get you closer to your dreams. And I'm also trying to make it as easy as possible. So I'm on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, YouTube, and I keep consistent as at Debbie Cruz. So D-E-B-B-Y-K-R-U-S-E. I try to post a little inspirational video every day. I don't hundred percent get it every day, but try to post little tips and tricks to get you closer to your dreams. So hopefully that'll be helpful to your listeners as well. Yeah. And when they have a call with you, do you, is it a free call, like a discovery call or, yeah. okay. Yes. So yeah. you'll do a discovery call and then they can decide whether they think it's a fit. You both can decide that. And then they can enroll in your, your program or coaching program or sure. whatever Yeah. Yeah. My coaching is one, uh, one-on-one and you're further uh, along than you really believe that you are. And you're not starting at ground zero. Um, so I do it in, I call dream seasons. So four seasons. And sometimes you just really need one season. You know, mm. some people are much further than they think they are. And there's no order of the seasons at all. It's where you are. So the discovery call, some things can just be easy fixes on that discovery call of, you know, hey, why don't you give these three things a try? And some people are, are good with that. And that, that makes me happy that it was a quick, easy fix. And some people are like, I really need some help. So it is work. It is sessions and there's not like one season for one person can be four sessions. And for someone else, it can be eight, but you're committing to a season. It, it, it doesn't have to be defined by it's only four meetings and it's only this, mm-hmm. but there's work for you to do for yourself as well. So it, it is, it is a lot of fun, but it is also 
some hard work and if you you need to put in the work to to make it to make it come come together do you do you include things like the meditations and breathing and things like that in some of the work that you do with people yes i do and uh, you know we tackle all the things that are pretty common again the finances the health getting making sure you're in the right career relationships and they're all they're all related so once you're identifying your dreams you know then you can tackle these things that are goals along the way Mm -hmm. to get to your main core dream and you're you'll find more dreams and it's building a strong path so it's not it 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 is well-rounded and it is one-on-one and you're not in competition with anybody else or under a time that it has to get done it's it's yours so. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that part of that work is identifying the fears and teaching them how to tear down that dust wall, right? Yes. Yes. The fears. And and yes, you did ask, was there meditation and breathing? Yes. Yes. There, there is the meditation and breathing in there as well. Cause I think yeah. it's a huge help. Oh, I do too. If yeah. everyone was doing that, they'd be a lot less stressed. <laughs> And if they want to get one of your books, where can they get your book or books? All my books are available on Amazon. There are also on Barnes and Noble, and you can go straight to those websites, or you can also just click on my website of where to purchase. It'll take you straight to Amazon. Okay, great. And I'll put all this information in the show notes for our listeners. So Debbie, as we wrap up here, is there one last thing you'd like to leave with our listeners? Oh, yes, Uh, you are divinely and uniquely made uh, for a reason. And your dreams are yours because they belong to you. So continue to dream big. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful information and all about your books and your programs. It really sounds pretty awesome. So for our listeners that are feeling crushed by your dreams, uh, we have somebody to help. Debbie can help. So reach out to Debbie Cruz. So again, thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. And have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Unbreakable Spirit. To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at sevencompany.com. That's the number seven company.com. And please join us for our next episode where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.